Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nolcast. A lot to cover today, a lot to discuss, and uh, always fortunate to be able to thank our sponsors that make podcasts like these possible. Tarpon Cellars, it's the wine company that is uh, blowing up, and uh, we're ever so proud of our partnership with them and our small role in the success that they've had. But it's tarponcellars.com, coupon code NOLCAST for 20% off, and always a big thanks to Matt Lewis and his team at Congruity. CongruityHR.com is the website. Had another person reach out to me via email yesterday about working with Matt and his team. So just fantastic to continue to show uh, that you can both uh, support Florida State Athletics and seek a, a very positive ROI on your investment there. So, Bud, two great sponsors for us. And uh, we always tip our hat to the uh, three simple ingredients out there in the sky. And uh, with that, let's jump into the Nullcast. Yes, sir, man. All right. So, uh, Florida State made a bowl. That's been a long time since we've been able to say that. And uh, it's an interesting bowl. Uh, I think one FSU fans are, I don't know, on the one hand, they're happy that you didn't get sent to play in the Duke's Mayo Bowl in North Carolina. I think most fans are probably happy you didn't get sent out to play in the Holiday Bowl in San Diego just, just due to the, the, the travel costs and, and the ease of getting, getting out there during the holiday season. On the other hand, I think you would have rather probably had the Gator Bowl against the SEC team. But at least if you're going to play a Big 12 team, you're playing a big-name team. So they're getting Oklahoma in the Cheez-It Bowl. Yeah, certainly a battle of blue bloods, uh, as others have labeled. And that's a great you know program from a, a name perspective. I imagine the Cheez-It Bowl uh, will outperform its previous television numbers over the past couple of years whenever you get two helmets like that. Uh, square it off in a game from the strictly game perspective. And I know you've got deeper numbers on this and we've got, you know, we don't have to do a full game preview today, nor will we. Uh, but sounds like some of Oklahoma's more impressive pieces of the roster aren't going to be participating in the bowl game. And uh, it's certainly by all uh, appearances look like Florida State's more or less got 100% coming back for that game. And there's a level of energy and buy-in that, I'm not sure you're going to find from a whole lot of other teams as we approach bowl season. So I'm interested to hear your, your, you know, more deeper analysis of it and kind of what you can back out of uh, some of the pieces that have already declared for Oklahoma, or at least it looks like they're not going to participate in the game, but Hey, it's exciting, man. It's exciting to be able to go to a bowl game uh, in general uh, with all due respect to you and your lovely family. I wish that we weren't going to Orlando, you know, <laughs> twice in four months or yep. whatever, or eight months, whatever. It's back to back trips to Orlando. Let me put it that way. I don't really claim Orlando that much, man. Like I, I, yeah. I live here now. I, I know you're team I, two, I, three, I nine forever. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I live here because, because Matt, you know, the in-laws are here and, and you know, childcare and happy wife, happy life. Right. Yeah. But, uh, I, uh, when my kids are growing, I'm damn sure not staying in Orlando. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, so. Anyway, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know where to find me. Maybe let the listeners know where to find me if we keep doing this podcast for another, another uh, shoot, what, another 20 years, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, although I will say Maggie is uh, is softening on the idea that the boys are going to go to Florida State as opposed to LSU. LSU. All right. Like, hon, like, do we really need to pay out-of-state tuition? Got the condo in Pensacola. It's pretty close to tally, you know. I mean, do, do we really need to? To be paying out of state, like like that's it's closer to tally than this LSU. She's yeah. coming around on it, and uh, I we'll certainly say, don't need to explain recruiting to you. It's a long process, and you're yeah, you're yeah. making inroads and developing relationships, and, and you got to win the decision mom. makers. Exactly, you got to win yeah. the mom. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I will say, my 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 oldest uh, did did let Mags know that uh, um, his favorite team was Florida State. Well, because uh, Jordan Travis beat mommy's team. Okay. Well, like, uh, that, that is correct. Yes. Uncle that, Uncle that is... Ingram will uh, continue to support him in his fandom. <laughs> I can I can promise you. Uh, yeah, she, she was she was not loving that uh, that that declaration there, but uh, <laughs> he'll probably be able to go get see this cheese at bowl. So I think he's kind of excited uh, about that. So look, Oklahoma kind of base profile wise this year, some bad luck, right? Like not a bad team. Definitely a record that people in Oklahoma were not happy with. They went six and six. They had a couple games where quarterback injury really, really cooked them. Um, Dylan Gabriel got knocked out against TCU. Now, TCU was beating them pretty good anyway, um, but he got knocked out of that game. He did not play the next week against Texas, and they lost that one uh, 49 to nothing, and it could have been quite a bit more, obviously. Um, 
Now they have wins over Kansas, which is kind of a decent win this year, right? Because Kansas is bowl eligible. Iowa State, uh, Oklahoma State, which was a, a weird, weird game. Uh, they they crushed Nebraska. They at times this year they've looked good, and they also have you know like a, a close loss against Kansas State, but. The defense is just not particularly very good. Uh, down the stretch, offenses with a pulse, and I, I, like FSU's offense absolutely has a pulse. That They're one of the best offenses in the country right now. They were able to go up and down the field in these guys, so that's uh, that's pretty encouraging. Now, offensively, Oklahoma, Dylan Gabriel, they run that kind of wide open, Baylor Brile stuff. To the it, There's some modifications, but it's kind of what they run. They're, they're going to spread you out a whole lot, try to create those one-on-one matchups. Some of it looks kind of like, like what, what Willie, Willie ran here in Tallahassee, right? But a little bit different, obviously. And they have a, a better quarterback and, and generally better pass protection. But that's where I want to go here first with this whole Oklahoma breakdown. And we'll do a lot more bowl breakdown coming up because we haven't been able to do bowl breakdowns in a few years. So this is this is neat. It looks like both of their starting offensive tackles are opting out for the NFL. That's a big deal. Anton Harrison played 709 snaps for them this year. If you guys recall back to our snap count draft, that's a lot. They depended on him at left tackle this year. Uh, Wanye Morris, 558. I know he had some injury at times this year. Uh, Brent Venables seemed to confirm it in his press conference that those guys would be out, saying that the new the new tackles would be having uh, having a baptism uh, in in Orlando. They have to get ready. So, yeah, like honestly, man, that uh, that's a problem because Pat Payton has been playing well. Jared Verse has been playing well. You, you, you got some guys who, who can rush off the edge on this team. And uh, if you're able to get pressure without blitzing against these guys, I, I think that is that's a major key to the Knowles coming out in this ballgame. Current spread, I I think it's like like eight or nine. Hold on. I, I have not checked this morning. Uh, it came out six and a half. And I, I got to tell you, I felt like that was low <clears throat> uh, and got got course corrected there. Now it's, uh, now it's seven and a half. So. Okay, somebody bet it back, clearly. But bowl games are kind of all about figuring out who's going to play. And uh, I, I think you're going to see a healthy contingent of Knowles in this one. Certainly looks like uh, everybody's on board. I, I will be surprised if uh, if you get 100% participation. Uh, you know, we'll just see. Uh, sure. If you know Fabian Lovett at some point may just make a business decision. And I certainly understand and respect that particular when you look at the injury already sustained but um yeah i mean of, of the pool available it looks like florida state's participation rate is going to be in the high 90s and that's not something that you you see a whole lot particularly like okay so if jamie robinson carries through with his pledge to play the bowl game that is not what you see uh, that is that is different so a uh, great reflection on this team kind of the culture there and um I don't know that there's a better barometer as to where this program's come in three years that kids are actively wanting to play in a bowl game, um, you know, despite some that might advise them otherwise. So that, that's incredible and remarkable. 100%. Um, if you win this ball game, you win 10 games for the first time since 2016. That's that's something that I think you can sell. And, and you know, I, I know on the rundown, I have some recruiting stuff laid out for today, but I, I just, I do think that you got to realize a lot of what you do in a given year is setting the groundwork for what you're going to be doing in recruiting in the following year. You know, Mike and his staff were recruiting based off a five and seven season last year, where a lot of the media, not me, we put out the YouTube video in the preseason saying, look, Mike's not getting fired, guys. Like this administration really believes in Mike uh, and, and they, they understand the challenges that he's had so far and that they think he'll get it turned around. Now, if you truth serum the administration, there ain't no way they thought he was going nine and three. But things broke right. You also did a really good job coaching. You pull it out. You know, a guy I'm really excited to see play in the bowl game. Who's that? Jordan Travis. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> good, good call, sir. I'm yeah. excited about uh, that game and all the ones to follow. So Jordan Travis officially announces uh, via. <clears throat> via football that he's coming back. Uh, fantastic. I realized that to a degree was expected, uh, but still, you know, that is going to be um, speaking selfishly here. One of the more marketable products uh, in all of college football from a, an individual uh, perspective, Jordan will come back as a 
Heisman candidate. I don't know that I want to use Heisman favorite as that's probably an incorrect, but he will be on the short list uh, of candidates. And if Florida State wins game number one against LSU, Jordan will be probably one of the three people in that conversation for a good amount of time. So uh, as just I, I mentioned this a couple months ago, maybe a couple weeks ago, time has blended entirely for me right now, I can promise you. Uh, but I don't know that we'll see another quarterback improve at the rate that Jordan has, particularly with throwing the ball. For the most part, you can either throw the ball or you can't. Now, there's modifications. You can get better throwing certain routes, and you can learn uh, – you can learn, you know, continue to to learn the art of being a quarterback and trajectory and everything else. But a guy that's improved this much in this period of time, uh, I feel sorry to an extent for for future quarterbacks that are that kind of fit this mold because the expectations aren't going to be aligned with reality. Uh, just enjoy this. Uh, a guy who's fully bought in has become, uh, by all accounts, a great teammate, certainly an exceptional player. And uh, the fact that he's around next year lets you let you dream, you know, the biggest of dreams. No doubt about it. So like you look at this and I think it's a huge feather in the cap for the FSU staff in terms of quarterback development, right? Like they, they're going to be able to go out and sell this on the recruiting trail. They're going to be able to talk to kids and say, hey, uh, look what we did with Jordan Travis. Now, it's to FSU's credit. It's also to Jordan's credit. He got more consistently healthy, really taking care of himself, believed in himself, Right. And, uh, and FSU, I think, hyped him up and, and, and made him believe in himself and goes out there and, and has a really, really nice season. I, I think he's going to be uh, he won't be the Heisman favorite, obviously, because you have Caleb Williams, who's going to win the Heisman uh, in, in about a week or when's the Heisman this year. I, I actually I, I should probably look at my my calendar for that. But some Saturday night coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, what used to be the biggest trophy in sports is uh, it's not as much now. But uh, yeah, it's in it the Saturday after the Army Navy game historically. Yeah, typically. I think, I think you're right. OK. okay. And our, our Army Navy's this weekend. You can watch it on CBS. So there you go. Synchronicity. Uh, plug, plug, plug. <laughs> uh, look, and, and Drake May is coming back and and, and some other guys are, are, are coming back. But Jordan will probably be top 10 in the Heisman to start the year. If, you, if you're going to look at the Vegas odds or these these Heisman straw polls, it's typically, all right, who is a known productive quantity, who has some weapons coming back, who had a nice year, who's going to be on a team that's going to be favored to win like nine plus games, right? Jordan's going to check all those boxes. So if it breaks right, he could win the Heisman. Now you would need to win. You'd probably need to go 11 and one, 12 and 0. Uh, you need to have some ridiculous numbers. I mean, this year he's about a thousand yards and, and six or seven touchdowns short of where quarterbacks typically are. Although the stats in Bennett getting invited when, when Henry Hooker makes first team all SEC doesn't even make the Heisman ceremony was, uh, was interesting, but, but it is a reminder that it's a voted upon award, not, not necessarily some kind of, computer formula as much as we wanted to distill it into that. I, I, do, I do think Jordan, though, is probably worth like a full win over whomever else you could have got to replace him had he decided to test the pro market in the transfer portal. And that, that's that's worth an awful lot. Like if you think how much that's worth in dollars for season ticket sales, for uh, you know ratings, for booster donations to the boosters, for donations to other causes, Right. I mean, it is worth a ton to get from eight to nine wins, yeah. from nine to 10 wins, to be relevant into the playoff conversation if you're so fortunate to do so deeper into the year. Like it, going from like, you know, obviously five to six wins is worth something because it's a bowl game. Like six to seven, not really much. Seven to eight, eh, okay, you know, fine. Eight to nine, definitely something. When you start talking about guys that make the difference between like like win nine and win ten, mm -hmm. or win ten and win eleven, that's when you really start talking about like big time value to a school and to a program. Yeah, and I, I think Jordan definitely provides you with that, presuming you can stay healthy. Yeah, certainly a win. I I think is more than fair, if not if not a win and a half. Jordan is just so unique, so talented. And he's such a force multiplier as to what he means for the rest of your run game and everything else as to what teams have to do to account for him. And maybe I'm just, uh, you know, still flying high from what I saw on Black Friday, uh, legitimately one of the most impressive performances I've seen in person from somebody. Uh, but 
it's hard, hard to overstate what Jordan Travis returning means uh, for Florida State and what it means for their potential next year. I mean, you know, the 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 want is to, uh, yeah, I don't think it's any secret, wants to win the conference next year. The want is to be in conversation for the college football playoffs. And I don't think that conversation can even begin to come out of your mouth if you haven't got uh, 13 as your quarterback. So uh, impressive, impressive uh, amount of of work uh, there done by everybody involved. And, and Jordan obviously has turned himself into uh, quite the player and congratulations to him on that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, you know, if you look at the odds for next year and they're not out yet, and they probably won't be out for, for quite a while, but securing Jordan Travis means that FSU will absolutely be in the top two odds to make the conference title game. And remember we are divisionless next year mm-hmm. in the ACC. So you do have that game against Clemson. If you did drop that, you have a pretty good shot to rematch them in the title game. Yeah. So, which is a anyway. game on the road worth pointing out. Absolutely. Yeah. But we, we got to see who, who Clemson brings back, right? All right. Uh, you know, somebody we always bring back is legendary home loans. Chad and Shannon do a tremendous job. I've used them twice 844 FSU loan, 844 FSU loan. Is this the right time to buy a home for you? I don't know. That's up for you to decide. What you should decide, though, in my opinion, because I've used them twice is to get your home loan through Chad and Shannon. Great rates, great customer service. When you give them a call, I'll talk a little Knowles. And it used to be like, ah, oh, like, like talk about when FSU might might be back to, to some winning ways. Now now it's a little, little celebratory call, man. A little, little, uh, I, I know the group chat's been popping off. They're, they're extremely excited about the direction of the program, and they're extremely excited to get you a home loan if now is the right time for you to buy a home. So give them a call, 844-FSU-LOAN, 844-FSU-LOAN. Other guys coming back. We got to give this guy some props. Jerry Jones. Absolutely. TV, Absolutely. Had not played well during his time in Tallahassee prior to this year. It had been up and down. There were some nice yeah. moments. The UNC interception stands out, but there there were some some rough ones as well. Absolutely. I mean, I think now Jerry Jones, if he keeps developing like he did in the second half of the season, might end up being a a decent, good player. Like, am I willing to go there? I I, I want to see more more consistency, more continued development. But he's a, a an older dude now, and I think I think that's going to be something. Like next year's team is going to have a lot of veteran guys on it. You know, th- this is like 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 a team loading up for a run. And Jerry and Jones uh, announcing he's going to come back is uh is is good. I I think that's actually a nice keep for the secondary because he did get better in the second half of the year and he deserves credit. Right. Um, also coming back, Micah Pittman. Saw that. <clears throat> yeah, that is, uh, that is another good solid plug there. Uh, you know, I think you've got to get a, a decent barometer as to where Winston Wright is, uh, in his, uh, you know, rehabilitation. And, and if that's not, uh, on track and you know Mike only becomes more important Micah had some massive moments uh in the season certainly at times was one of Jordan's favorite targets uh a guy who uh by all accounts you know I don't know what happened at Oregon but came in here and has been a good teammate and been a good influence on uh on uh, that wide receiver room that that probably needed a little bit of help uh, we've been begging for a sure-handed steady punt returner for years around here and uh, Micah provided a level of consistency that uh, we haven't had probably, uh, gosh, since since whoever manned the punting position before to, uh, McFadden. That, I think that was the beginning of our uh, our, our punting madness uh, era that we went through through about four or five years there. But uh, no, Micah's a, a really nice piece. There's some other guys out there that have uh, announced their intention uh, to return, and uh, you know it certainly looks like you're going to get most of this group uh, back. Uh, there's some you know, bigger names out there that are, I think, still trying to make decisions. And uh, obviously that situation will play itself out in time. Uh, but getting getting Pittman, Jerry, and, and a couple of the other veterans uh, that have declared <clears throat> their intentions to, uh, to both return. And in 2022, uh, there's a bit of an intention as to whether or not you're going to test the transfer portal as well, uh, and, and or at least a, a declaration as to whether or not you're going to do that. And uh, I think Florida State will continue to get, you know, uh, positive news in that regard in the, in the days to come. 
And I like I, I think there is. I agree with you on that. I, I think there is a uh, there's a conversation to be had here about the culture that Mike Norvell is building, um, because Micah Pittman, look, he's not a special athlete, right? I mean, he is a good balanced body control guy who generally catches the ball, has a good feel for spacing. He, like you said, he's certainly valuable as a punt returner, and he blocks his butt off. Mm, yeah, but. If we are not seeing so far, and I, I think this could change, other guys in this in this receiver room hit the portal. I don't really count Keyshawn Helton because obviously he he you know, shut it down to preserve his eligibility because it's just FSU's at a level now where, where a guy with Keyshawn Helton's athleticism is not, not going to be able to get on the field for the most part. Um, but if you keep all these current receivers on the roster and they don't transfer, that that means that that this staff really thinks some one or two of these guys is going to take a big time step next year and so it's not crazy to think that Micah Pittman's role could actually reduce this year coming up from what he had this year I'm looking at how many catches he had um oh think about that like he could have gone somewhere else if he wanted to to get a bigger role in mm -hmm. the offense yeah absolutely he, he didn't right I mean he caught 29 balls 317 yards I don't think it's going to add like 15 or something like that but if you're trying to win an ACC title, I think you are counting on some of your other guys on the roster who are more physically talented talented than Micah continuing to progress. So hold on, I see what got Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, Pittman is uh, obviously compared to the layman, a, a very special athlete and has a father and brother that have played professional sports. Yeah. But I, I understand what you're saying. Um, <clears throat> keep a, a guy around like that who is a helpful player. Right, who who brings it in practice, who blocks his butt off, who's a dependable player. Like what what if he's your three next year? That's a really nice three on, on a college team. So I think that's a nice get back for, for this offense. And I would expect this this offense to to keep rolling and putting up quite a bit of points and and probably improve in twenty twenty three, man. I, I really think they will. Um that room will be very interesting to see. Uh, that was a, a room that I, I think, you know, uh, there was questions as to whether or not, uh, you know, there was going to be continuity there uh, from both coach and player. And uh, that room improved as much as any room on the team. And credit to to transfers that bought into a culture, credit to a coach that uh, some had written off. And it will be very interesting to see uh, how the, the younger talent continues to emerge. I mean, there were, there's moments where Malik looks like, I mean, the, the one catch he makes, uh, I forgot. Is it the Georgia tech game? Uh, the, the catch that Malik makes at the end of the year is one of the more impressive yeah. things that you're going to see uh, Malik. No, I don't want to say up and down. I just say, you know, the wide receiver unit in general kind of lends itself to up and down performances. There's one week where Johnny was carrying the load and one week where Malik, uh, was doing that, but I, I do think you'll continue to see that younger group emerge, uh, whether it be, uh, you know, Kentron or, or Malik or uh, some of the other guys there. But I, I, you know, I, I agree with you that Pittman's workload might vary some, but I, I still think he'll be, you know, one of the two or three pieces that the offense will be built around from a wide receiver perspective. Agreed on that. Um, all right. So you got any brunch plans? I don't have any brunch plans, but I can tell you where I went last time I was down in Tallahassee. Absolutely. As always, uh, we're fortunate to partner with uh, the For the Table restaurant group uh, in general. And Madso and Township are glorious spots, as uh, many in the community know, but always want to remind you of Charlie Park. It's uh, attached right there to the AC Hotel, which I was fortunate enough to stay in uh, for the Florida game. And it made it a very uh, easy walk up to have a, a nightcap. I'll put it that way, bud. So whether you're going up there Friday night for a cocktail or maybe it's a seven o'clock game and you're looking to, uh, you know, spend Saturday and enjoy a, a setting that you're really not going to otherwise find in Tallahassee as it's a beautiful rooftop bar that sits and overlooks Cascade Parks and that uh, that nice little corner of Tallahassee there. Uh, CharliePartRooftopBar.com. There is no person out there who understands and and uh, maybe enhances the experience It's being a Florida State athletic supporter uh, for just kind of the the everyday average fan. Uh, and a lot of those fans are, you know, whether it be in Tallahassee or removed, 
Uh, just credit to Matt Thompson and his team for what they've done overall and uh, credit to them in this particular instance for creating Tallahassee's best rooftop bar and a big shout out to Charlie Park as always. Yes, sir. Uh, all right. So how did our prize picks do last week? Not great, man. Uh, it was good. I mean, I got the DJ one. I was pretty sure of that. And then uh, I had two exposure on the UNC offensive side with May and the running back and just they didn't get there, uh, That's what which, I had was, too. which was disappointing. Um, I went for a second half line on Plumley and <laughs> And Plumley had like the second half of his life. I think he threw for like 181 yards or 179 yards. So, I mean, against Tulane, uh, again, not a not a bad idea, but certainly the execution wasn't there. So I uh, I love telling you when I got it right and last week, and I knew it's tough as as you get to the end of the year here. Uh, you know, some of your predictive metrics and other things are just not there because of either injuries or uh, you know just it gets tougher at the end of the year here. And uh, last week I, I wore one, so I'll, I'll admit it, but how do you not wear one, bud? You get a damn free spot. And that's, I what need a free square. I, I, I need the free square. Prize picks is offering this week. We tweeted it out earlier in the week, but they do have a free square. If, uh, if um, what the chargers quarterback throws for more than a yard, uh, you, you hit and uh, I've got a decent amount of faith that he's going to do that. So, uh, if you like me and you wore one and you need to bounce back this weekend, certainly always want to encourage you to visit our friends at Prize Picks and uh, take advantage of the free square that's being offered. All right. Um, tweet us your NFL picks, by the way, because I am not very good at the NFL stuff. and I'm not going to pretend like I am. I feel like I did pretty well at the college stuff this year. Obviously, I know Ingram just had a couple monster weeks as well. If you want to get involved with Prize Picks, Get the Prize Picks app. Put in your promo code NOLCAST. Get a first-time deposit match bonus of up to one hundred dollars. Pretty cool. One hundred percent deposit match bonus up to hundred bucks. Pretty pretty nice gig there. So, all right. Tweet us your NFL picks. Good time. You uh, you attend any Hall of Fame ceremonies recently? I haven't, man, but it, it uh, I, <clears throat> I think I could have, uh, but didn't. Had a couple other things that I was doing last night, uh, but I always want to thank and just point out uh, Marvin Jones getting introduced uh, formally into the College Football Hall of Fame. If you're a longtime Nolcast listener, you may uh, remember a, a slight nudge uh, that we were able to give Marvin and his uh, pers- perspectives of, of getting into the Hall of Fame. And other than the project that we're probably going to talk about in a second, that's probably the most proud uh, moment that I've ever had uh, in being able to do something good for uh, for a former Seminole. So uh, Marvin Jones is in the Hall of Fame because he's the best college linebacker I've ever seen. Uh, I'm certainly not trying to take credit for that. But uh, if you were listening to the Nolcast maybe two years ago or so, um, I did a, an episode where I was like, hey, I'm pretty sure Marvin Jones is going to be in the Hall of Fame about a year from now uh, based off the conversation I just had. And 361 days later, Marvin Jones was uh, introduced in the College Football Hall of Fame. So uh, like I said, if you're a younger listener here and you don't have an idea as to what 55 was, he was simply a just a heat-seeking missile. He's the best college linebacker I've ever seen. He's my personal, my favorite Florida State player. Um, and the guy deserves his just due. And it was great to see him get into the College Football Hall of Fame last night. Absolutely. Like Marva Jones, just it, you have to watch the highlights to do it justice. I mean, the, the guy was just an absolute freak show mega beast on the field. And I mean, just, just a, a joy to watch, destroyed people coming over the middle, super quick downhill, just violent every tackle and it was he he was a guy there's not a lot of guys from 20 or 30 years ago that you're like yeah that guy could play now i, I think marvin jones could play in today's game you know i do I, mean, I, think lawrence, I think lawrence taylor could i think i think marvin jones could like guys who were like that level in college probably still could you look at his strength and his ability to read the game, but when I watch Marvin Jones highlights, just watch his feet. Watch how quack, quickly he responds and reacts. The guy's always uh, just missing a guard and punishing a running back, and it's it's just remarkable. And uh, man, Shaytree was was something else. So good good that he got his just due. And I know that's something that was announced a year ago or so, but always great to see the ceremony. And you know, Marvin, I don't know Marvin 
personally it like exceptionally well or anything but i from the perspective that i've gotten from from meeting him and interacting with him it's a guy who like <clears throat> legitimately um how do i say this man not that he like lives for uh for awards or something like that but he, he legitimately appreciates being acknowledged uh and and still loves florida state and is very proud of the role that he had in this program and uh, it's great for him to get what really is is one of the highest honors that you can give a college football player. No doubt about it. All right. So, um, you been up to anything lately? Yeah. Any, I've been, uh, anything we should know about? <laughs> I've been doing a few things. Um, yeah. So it's this is a this is a fun opportunity to talk about. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I've been doing. Uh, I've been working on. I think you've been working hard get, 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 catching this cold, man. Catching I, this cold. I, I had it last week. I have, there is no time in my day, but there is just but uh, hours in which my cell phone vibrates and uh, whether that's, you know, morning, evening or night. But uh, what we're talking about is the Battles in Collective that was recently announced. Uh, I'm ever so fortunate to be able to play a role in it, have a exceptional uh, team around me with a bunch of people who will probably never get public credit for the work they've done, nor are they particularly interested in it. Uh, but this is something we've been working on for four or five months. Happy to get it to a point to where we can discuss it now. Uh, announced uh, four players last night uh, that I could let you go to the Battles End uh, Twitter account if you wanted to take a look at that. I imagine that Twitter account is going to be pretty active over the next two or three days. So if you want to go and follow, uh, I don't think we're done announcing relationships. I'll put it that way. Um, so... Uh, the battles in is not going to be like exclusively football focused. Uh, it will be or football exclusive. Let me rephrase that. Uh, it will be football focused. Uh, we've, I believe we've signed a couple agreements with some golfers and we'll find other people. Uh, but, um, you know, football is going to be our main driver and, uh, that of what we judge our success by. Uh, and as of right now, our full focus is on retention. Uh, we believe that the, Pieces are here for Florida State to have a very special year next year, and uh, we're going to do everything that we can uh, to create business relationships and value uh, that allow some of these kids to uh, take advantage of the uh, equity that they've kind of built in their own brand. And uh, in the new era of college football, uh, we're happy to be a, a partner that we think can serve Florida State uh, or serve these individual athletes well uh, as they, you know, happen to play college football for a team that we uh we cheer for so uh why a separate collective for you guys yeah so it's a good question bud uh this is no like you know we're not uh we we will coexist with rising spear and we'll be interesting to see how that sorts out we all want the same goals and uh aspirations and there's no reason why we can't be good partners to each other as we seek those goals uh, I do think that there's a want for some football, uh, some clarity on football support, and that is a space that we will occupy. Uh, just candidly, you know, some of the people that are involved with Battles In and have made it possible. I don't know if this is like a, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to phrase this, but is it easier to just start your own collective rather than give to a, a third party? I think it is. I, I think you maybe you can feel like you can have a little bit more uh, control over what you're doing. And uh, well, if you got the kind of scratch to start your, your own collective, it, it's. I mean, that, that would be a pretty a pretty major gift to a, a separate one, right? Like it's be. not like a twenty dollar donor is probably not starting his own collective. I can promise you, we're not starting the battles in based off uh, you know one hundred and eighty dollars that I have in my checking account or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so we're exceptionally fortunate to be funded in the way that we are. Uh, there will be a time where we take donations. Please don't see this as us trying to create some secret society or country club or something like that. We will. This will be an opportunity for the full fan base to be engaged. And honestly, we value your engagement over your money right now. Okay. Well, uh, if if I could go to to my chairman and tell him that every person that attended the game gave us a dollar. Uh, from a monetary perspective, $75,000 in the NIL space isn't going to change things that much. Just not that we wouldn't love you to participate and, 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 and donate to us at a level, but you know, that is not going to change your annual perspectives. Let me put it that way. Uh, but if we knew that that's how, you know, many people that were involved and there was a clear 
want and a goal in mind that that our group was maybe able to facilitate, then that would you know mean everything in the world. So uh, yes, there will be a period of time where we'd love outside involvement, and uh, I look forward to getting the organization to that point uh, with the team that I'm ever so fortunate to work with. Uh, but for now, our full focus is on uh, the work that is ahead of us. And we'll let our work and results speak for itself. And if at a later date and time, you as the listener or, or you as the uh, the Florida State fan want to be involved in, in battles in or the battles in, uh, I can promise you that there will be an opportunity to do that. I assume battles in, I mean, it, just from lo- looking at, at, at who the battles in is signed so far, I assume that it's not, well, a lot of these dudes who are signed appear to be guys who are towards the end of their career. Like I know you said retention is a primary goal, but the battle's end is 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 pulled from the fight song. It's not about like <laughs> just simply retaining dudes. It's who not have about one year left. It's not about last year retention. I don't think Pat Payton's uh, only has one year left with us. There's uh, some other relationships out there that we hope to finalize that is representative of uh, of talent that's not in their final year i can assure you this is not a uh collective that's designed to appeal to the guy that's debating like hey do i go enter the portal for maybe one last paycheck or am i debating as to whether or not um you know to go pro and and be a you know whatever round pick i might be uh this will be a collective that's focused on serving the entirety of the florida state football and and no we're not we're not uh, a uh a you know uh late career retention strategy no did you see the uh did you see the deal that aaron judge got that aaron judge got no i did yeah not. he's going back to the yankees and um uh, 360 360 million okay. from the yankees so well, i'm uh, well, glad i'm in college football and not baseball <laughs> but yeah uh. <laughs> oh my gosh that's uh that's that's fantastic cool man um well, what's that? Well, shoot, I know, I know you got to jump. Um, all right, I'll I'll do like kind of like a lightning round at the end here, and uh, and talk a little recruiting, and I'll hit you later. Brilliant. All right, man, enjoyed right, man. it. Talk soon, y'all. Cool. All right, so let's do a little rundown of FSU recruiting, and uh, Ingram and I will get, we'll jump back uh, in a future episode. Got a bunch of stuff going on, so. Quickly recruiting FSU, I think, has a pretty good shot to remain in the top 15, maybe some shot to climb to the top 10 high school recruiting-wise. Let's just go position by position real quick. Obviously, quarterback, you're, you're, you're done. You got Brock Glenn, if you guys want a, a little bit of a refresher on this. Running back, you already have one. I think they are solely focused at the running back position on Cedric Baxter. You know, five-star running back. A lot of people think he's the number one running back in the nation currently committed to Texas. We'll see if FSU is able to actually flip him. But uh, Baxter right now is your sole focus. I, If I had to guess, I, I think no at this point. I, I, my guess is that he would remain committed to the Longhorns. Uh, receiver, though, is interesting. And I think there's some interplay with receiver and the transfer portal, right? So I'm of the opinion that FSU actually is not done at receiver if it can get the right guy in the transfer portal, honestly. I think that they would be looking for a difference maker, speed receiver in the transfer portal. And so far, to my knowledge, they actually have not offered anybody. There are certain guys who I think all of us in college football were keeping an eye on that if they had jumped in, uh, would be an offer from pretty much every school out there, including the Knowles. So that's not really any... Uh, FSU insider information, but so far those guys have not necessarily jumped in. If they do not take a transfer receiver, though, I think there are some high school guys who are in play. LSU commitment Jalen Brown, who FSU did recruit, he is a speed guy. Uh, Wake Forest commit Micah Mays, who has visited. I don't think he has like the official offer at this point or or, or the green light. Uh, he's a guy they're still involved with. I I tend to trust Wake Forest evaluation on receivers quite a bit. And then Andy Jean, who is a Miami commit. So those three guys are three names to watch. I, I Look, I'm relatively confident that FSU takes one more receiver between the portal slash high school. I'm not really confident enough to tell you that it's going to be a high schooler 
or a transfer portal guy. I just don't know. And I don't necessarily know that the staff knows either because they, I mean, you can only really see who's in or, or who, who you hear about going in. And right now, it doesn't appear that they're on somebody there. Offensive line, Chris Otto. Um, obviously, I, I think you guys saw Brendan Sinone put in a crystal ball for him, I believe, the offensive tackle. Out of the Florida Keys, rising prospects. Somebody FSU's had their eye on for quite some time. Uh, they they you know they offered him, and uh, that would be a nice addition to Alex Atkins' room there at the tackle position, right? And you need to keep throwing bodies at that position. I, I think they are generally pleased with how Julian Armella progressed this year, and he's somebody who you know could slot into the starting lineup uh, next season, be it a tackle or, or you know if they had to have him play guard, I think he could probably do so. You get Robert Scott coming back, but you need to – if you're not out there signing like five-star offensive tackles consistently, and and Lucas Simmons is is probably the closest thing that you're going to be able to get to that in this cycle uh, if, if you're the Knowles and, and they love him and, and they believe he's you know coming and staying committed. Uh, adding Chris Otto, more of a developmental guy, could be a real key for these dudes to secure the offensive line future for this football team. He's, he's an athletic guy. Good body control. We'll need some physical development. We'll need to learn how to play the game more. But that that's a dude I know that, that basically everybody I know is pretty high on. And at this point, I think FSU probably looks fairly good. You know, for Otto, the defensive line, I I think they're done at the end. Uh, D-tackle, though, Ruben Bain is a dude that we, we keep seeing his name come up. I, I don't think FSU's pulling Ruben Bain, to be honest. I would be very surprised on that one, but it, it wouldn't shock me if they get him in for a visit. I just I don't think they're going to get Ruben Bain. I, that's not the vibe that I get. Jordan Hall, if I had to pick right now, I would say Georgia. If I had to pick again, I would say Florida. And then I would probably have maybe one more SEC team or maybe two ahead of the Knowles, like, like if, if I had to make, make a list. And, and he's obviously committing, I think, in a couple of weeks, that's a big time defensive tackle out of the Jacksonville area and a real impact guy. So probably more of a Florida Georgia battle for him, from my perspective. Keldrick Falk is down there at the Alabama Mississippi All Star Game. Saw some clips of him last night on Twitter. I know Steve Wilfong of Twenty Four Seven Sports is down there covering the game as well. Make sure you guys follow Steve. He does a great job, and I'm sure Steve will drop some uh, some updates. From the game on Knowles twenty four seven, holding on to Keldrick Falk with, with with Auburn, you know, hard charging. I do think the Knowles, John Papuchis, and those dudes have a good relationship with Falk's family, and and I, I think that's going to be one that, that will be very helpful uh, to uh, to FSU because he's a dude who could be an impact guy, uh, maybe as early by you know as year two. So because he looks physically pretty good. Finally, on the high school ranks. I think they would love to take another DB if it's somebody who they think can make an impact, whether that's an Edwin Joseph, maybe a Conrad Hussey, somebody in that mold. I do think the Knowles are going to continue to try to upgrade their defensive back room. Now, to the portal. We already went over the speed receiver thing. I, I do think you lose Ontario Wilson. Are you going to get somebody – from the underclassmen ranks here that's going to stay healthy and become that speed guy for you. In that case, maybe you don't take one, but I, I do think the Knowles would like to take us a, a speed receiver if they can, who can be a legitimate deep threat. Cause Wilson was a nice, nice deep threat for you this year. Uh, and a good example of how guys can continue to develop throughout their careers. And, you know, 22 years old dude. And all of a sudden you know, he, he's just older, more mature than a lot of guys out there. Offensive line. I think they would like to take two if they can. You, you lose Dylan Gibbons, you lose Big Meech. Don't really know what the status is going to be on Lyles. You assume Harris comes back and is able to play well, but again, he had shoulder surgery, right? So that's always a bit of an unknown. Is Rodawar or Lloyd Willis going to give you anything? I, uh, I'm i not going to write those guys off completely, but I'm skeptical that you're going to get much out of them based on what they've done in the first couple of years. They would need to show a lot more improvement than they have so far if you think they're going to be impact guys for you and potential starters on a team that wants to win a conference title, on a team that wants to get back to playing for conference titles, on a team that if everything lines up right, you want you want to control your controllables and be a good enough football team 
to where if you get the right schedule breaks, if you get the right health breaks, you are good enough. You don't have big time deficiencies on your roster. That allows you to pull a 12 and 0 or an 11 and 1, right? To go win at Clemson, to go win in the swamp, to go beat LSU in that opening ball game. And by the way, LSU ain't messing around either. Kayshawn Boutte has announced that he's going to be coming back to school. Uh, that's that's got to be a pretty pretty lucrative deal there, I would guess. Uh, but offensive line wise, two names that that we know FSU has been involved with. Casey Roddick, he's a guard from Colorado. Again, Colorado was terrible this year, but Roddick's a pretty experienced, nice interior player. And then Jeremiah Byers uh, from from UTEP, the offensive tackle, is a, a pretty legitimate dude. So uh, two names there. I, I think there will be be some more guys who jump in that the Knowles will be involved with at the offensive tackle spot if they don't land those two. I will note that Josh Braun, offensive guard from Florida, decided to commit to Arkansas. Uh, that's notable. He was a player FSU was interested in, was planning to bring in for a visit. But Sam Pittman, the head coach at Arkansas, had recruited Josh Braun when he was the offensive line coach at Georgia. So you had a pre-existing relationship there, and I think that just kind of makes sense. Tight end is a spot where, look, I mean, FSU's tight end room is not up to snuff overall. Now, they have some young bodies in there they like who maybe in two years could be decent to impact players for you. But right now, it was a subpar position overall this year, I would say, by good team standards, okay? It's not worse than a lot of G5 rooms. It's not worse than, you know, like the worst ACC rooms. But it certainly was not a standout room for you this year. You lose Cam McDonald, who, again, like not a special player, just kind of had an okay-ish senior season. They have an opportunity here with with, with two guys who, who we know they're involved with. Uh, Kyle Morlock tied in at a shorter college. I know people who have seen him when he when he took his visit to campus and said like he looked like a dude who was like coming back from the league, and they, they thought that he was like an NFL alumni coming back. That's an impressive statement, and Morlock's going to be one of your highest rated players at the tight end position in the transfer portal. FSU and Tennessee are the two that I would say are are the most involved there. And I, I think if Morlock signs, he, he's your starter at tight end from day one. Jaheim Bell at South Carolina, a very good athlete who was used in different ways by South Carolina this year. I think it, it's well known that his family was unhappy with his usage for most of the season. They ended up using him at running back later. Now, he is a very good athlete. He's not a great blocker. Uh, by any stretch of the imagination. He's also not that big, but he doesn't necessarily have like receiver speed. He's just kind of a nice hybrid player for you that uh, you'd have to find ways to get in the ball. And I think you'd have to make it clear that you're not going to catch 55 balls in this offense because there are mouths to feed. Pittman is back. Wilson is back. I mean, I what 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 if you get Trey Benson back? That's going to be a guy who's going to get a lot of carries because he's a, he's a damn good back now now that he's healthy. Jordan runs the ball a little bit. This is not an offense that chucks it around 40 times a game. So it, I think you're going to have to be very upfront with the young man. Like We will feature you, uh, find creative ways to get you the football. We know you're a weapon, but you're not catching 50 or 60 balls in this offense especially not if they if they get Morlock. But the, the home run scenario for the Knowles is clearly Morlock and Bell. If they get those two, th- this offense really can kind of go to a different level. I think it would assist with some of your red zone issues. It's just there's not that many offenses out there that I think you would like over what FSU would roll out if you had not only one, but two legitimate players at the tight end position. I mean, you, you think about it, that becomes very very difficult to defend. And Mike Norvell is a coach, along with the offense coordinator Alex Atkins, who I think you have to have a lot of confidence in in terms of finding ways to use unique pieces. Because let's be honest, in recent years, he's had to sort of use spare parts in some ways to, to put this thing together and uh, and has done so pretty well. Defensive lineman-wise, uh, two names to watch here. Miami defensive lineman, um, excuse me, Daryl Jackson, former teammate of Josh Farmer, 
He signed with Maryland out of high school, transferred to Miami last year. You would need to get a waiver if you were going to be able to get him. He announced he was going to the portal on Twitter. I don't know that he's actually entered the portal. I haven't seen the official report that he's been seen as in, but that would be that would be a prime get if if he enters the portal and if FSU was able to get him. That would be somebody they would like. He played several hundred snaps for, for Miami this year. I don't know the number off the top of my head, but clearly like watching them, he he played often and, and definitely flashed. Uh, and then Braden Frisk, guy to Western Michigan, who is somebody a lot of teams are interested in. The Knowles are going to need to restock the defensive line, especially since Fabian Lovett accepted his senior bowl invite. Uh, I saw Sabian posted, or uh, Fabian, not Sabian, Fabian posted the invite, or the the emoji, rather, of, of the kind of like stroking the chin, questioning when he saw some guys coming back. So I don't know, maybe there's a, Maybe there's a glimmer of hope there that he comes back somehow, but I, I, if I had to guess, I mean, the guy took the Senior Bowl invite. I, I wouldn't think that he uh, that he's going to do anything there as far as coming back. So you're going to have some holes to fill on the defensive line. I think this portal is notable for a lack of defensive end targets so far who are impact guys you can actually get on. So you know, getting Pat Payton to come back to school is already a, a major important win there as opposed to you know, some other school luring him away with a different offer linebacker. I don't think you're going to take anybody in the portal at this point because you have, um, you have Deloach announcing you come back. I, I assume Bethune, I don't know what Bethune's going to run. You know, I, I don't know if he's going to be like an NFL draft pick because I don't know what his combine time would actually be. And then defensive back. I think FSU wants to take one to two at defensive back uh, corner. Fentrell Cypress out of Virginia is going to be one of the highest rated players in the entire transfer portal. And every school in the country will, for the most part, be kicking the tires there. That's an obvious one that that the Knowles should be going after. Anyway, that's kind of your recruiting and transfer portal rundown. They are being selective with the high school ranks. I think next year they will be uh, more aggressive within the high school ranks overall because I think there's going to be fewer guys in the portal next year than there than there is uh, this year. And you have more, you have more things to sell and more time to build those relationships with top prospects next year, coming off what is going to be a nine or 10 win season in 2022. All right. I appreciate it. And we will talk to you guys next time.